<laughs> as we as is our custom, we like to start the show with a nice cathartic scream. I mean, I have yet to stop feeling yeah. the need to. So yeah, yeah. The last two years, just yep. who knows waiting. if I will ever <laughs> stop. Episode 477 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you are playing Magic the Gathering while worrying about a wider war between <laughs> Russia and NATO, <laughs> or you play Magic the Gathering while you think about the continuing legacy of, of, Cli- an, climate, of climate change. change. Oh, I was going to say of an international pandemic. Oh, that too. We're here for you. There's a board <laughs> of bad things you could play magic during, you know? Exactly. And you know what? That's what makes magic great. Choose your own adventure. Yes. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, we'll try and inject a little light into your life while the world falls apart by talking about yeah. alchemy. Yes. And historic. Because those yeah. were the two formats played at the Neon Dynasty Championships this past week. Yeah. We also have to address the question, did this make people like alchemy any better? Yeah, I mean... I think that's the biggest question big besides question. what decks did people play? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to go over. Like, a lot of things happened. A lot of things happened. And last episode, we had a big discussion where we were like, does alchemy matter? Like, what's the deal? Does what's it? the deal with alchemy? Yeah, well, so we'll continue to yeah. explore that question. And of course, all of our... L- Delightful tangents about world war. Yeah. Do you know what? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get started, everybody, thank you for continuing to support us during these trying times on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Yes. Thank you so much to everyone who is a patron of the show. It really does mean just so very, very much to us. Yeah. You can become a patron in, I think, under a minute at patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Under one minute. Under a minute. And we have no patrons. We have no new patrons. (laughs) this week and I as good as that was I don't want Maria to have more opportunities (laughs) to perfect her sad trumpet sound yeah please come be our friend Um, it really does (laughs) it really does mean so very much to us and it it it, we say it we say it so often that it kind of loses meaning of like you keep this show happening but we cannot stress it enough we could not do this without the without patrons of this show so please consider becoming one if you haven't already yeah you get access to our sweet discord and knowing that you support content creators that you love um it just makes you feel great so we'd love to have you join the party and get access to our cool patron only stuff that we do every month that's right thank you as well to our sponsor card kingdom cardkingdom.com slash glhf the place to shop if you want to make sure that you get your products (laughs) i know what you're gonna say i feel like i know what you're gonna say before world war three begins (laughs) 
hey, I got this car before World War Three. Check it out. Do you know what? You don't want to be. You don't want to be stuck <laughs> worrying about the future of international diplomacy without cards to play. I'm just saying, if you don't have the cards in your bunker, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You need your commander deck <laughs> in your bunker. So go ahead and order it from Card Kingdom. Hey, and if you say GLHF, they'll give you a token or a sticker in your order, so you can put put that on the on your concrete wall. Yes, Card Kingdom. <laughs> Cards for the end of the world. <laughs> Yet another great slogan. Another great slogan for Card <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> okay, you know, we're laughing because you've got to, right? That's just how um, we deal with things as yeah. comedians. The world is like a, a scary, difficult place. <sighs> yes. And hopefully um, we can help you feel slightly separate from it for a little while. Yeah. You know, we do, we, we improvise mm-hmm. um, and... I did like my first show in a oh, while yeah. mm-hmm. this past weekend. And I just remember I got off stage and I was just like, how love I for for 75 minutes. Yeah. I did not think about anything aside from what was happening right in front of me. Yeah, exactly. And it what a what a gift. What a gift. What a gift that was. So, yeah, I hear you. Anyways, you know, find some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buddy, find some time. <laughs> so we're going to talk about now the Neon Dynasty Championship that happened this past weekend. If you tuned in and caught it, hey, thanks for watching. Yeah. We had a great time. It was a really fun time. It was a very time. good tournament. Yes, exactly. Um, we did not watch a bunch of mirrors. Nope. We did not watch the same deck just like over and over nope. again. We saw tons of variety. Yeah, and really interesting games too because mm-hmm. mid-range was a very popular deck, in the, especially in the alchemy format. Yep. And when you have two mid-range decks playing, there's a lot of really intricate, interesting so decisions. So much stuff. I love mid-range decks have like the highest like number of games where you're like, this is over. And then it's yeah. not. <laughs> and then it's not over. And then it's not. And yeah. the other person comes back and you're like, how I could not have foreseen that. Yeah. Totally. It's it was so it felt like watching uh, really good games of limited in those instances when t- yeah. when creature combat matters when you know you can make one little mistake and it costs you the game yeah which isn't always the case with other kinds of decks so let's talk big picture first the person who took the whole thing down was Ely Cassis yes congratulations to Ely he was playing Orza Ventures Ugh. which was the deck that Team Channel Fireball which was a pretty big team yeah. landed on yeah so that was his alchemy deck it's a very very cool deck if you haven't got the chance to check it out it's really fun because you're venturing into the dungeon over and over building that advantage by venturing which ends up being more of an advantage than you might expect yeah maria we last week when we were talking about (laughs) what we thought might show up in alchemy yeah we dismissed this deck yes they had tried to they had rebalanced some cards Mm -hmm. in alchemy to try and make it better and you and i were both like and we like didn't come on uh, it worked. We wrong. It worked. It worked. Yeah. They they said the biggest upgrade in the deck was the two mana. Uh, what's it called? Oh yeah. The uh, dun- fall into the dungeon. Fall into the dungeon. Fall. In- dungeon. You, know, you fall down. You fall down. <laughs> you fall. Precipitous drop. Precipitous drop. Thank you. <laughs> I always want to call this card the card. You fall down. I want. <laughs> I always want to call it Dungeon Descent, but that's not that card. That's a land. Well, that's, yeah, that's a different Precipitous card. Precipitous drop. Yeah. yeah, costing two mana instead of three mana was a huge upgrade for this. Great card. Oh, so and two good. mana, really solid. Yeah, we saw people going into dungeons left and right, drawing cards, casting yeah. cards for free, getting treasure tokens to end up casting their Tybalts. Yeah. Like... 
one of the one of my favorite moments, one of many people's favorite moments, I'm sure, yeah. is in the finals when Ely Cassis, mm-hmm. who we saw a lot of like lost mine of Fandelver dungeons. The classic dungeon. Middle dungeon. Middle dungeon. This is real chill. Yeah. Uh, we saw a couple of Tomb of Annihilation for the win, which spicy. was like very spicy. But it's like this long, grindy, Mardu mid-range matchup. Yep. Um and he went into the dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yes. Everyone was like, he was like hovering over it, and everybody was like, "Do it! Is do he gonna it. go? You have to go! Like, go into the dungeon!" Yeah, this is Mad the- Mage. <laughs> Mad Mage. Mage. Mad, Mad Mage. Mage. <laughs> he, this is a dungeon that's the longest dungeon to go yes. through, but it has the biggest payoff at the end, oh. where you get to look at three cards and cast one for free. And, and you draw the other two. They yeah, don't you just draw like go the other away. two. You draw right. the other two. So it's a huge, huge payoff, but it takes longer to get through that dungeon. And at the moment that Ely made that decision, he had a venture creature in play, and then he had like wh- at least one or two more in his hand. So he yeah. was just turboing through that dungeon as soon as he got them into play. And he didn't have to worry too, too much about the Mardu midrange player being able to like completely decimate his board at any time. So it was a really cool decision, and one that we speculated his teammates might have talked to him about and said, hey, in this matchup specifically, hey, go into the match. Hey, Going to the Mad Mage. Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yeah. Oh, really, really sick. So many levels. Oh, I many, love many levels. I love Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yeah. Uh it was it was great. It was so delightful. Yeah. Um, he played Is It Phoenix in Historic, which was the most popular choice, which yes. kind of surprised people because it has a very bad Golgari food matchup. Right. And they thought like well, Golgari food is like one of the best decks. Too Won the last be, championship. Uh, yeah. Like will a bunch of people be on it, but no weird. And they were like, because Golgari food takes so much time to master. Ah, yes, indeed. It just takes so much time. And so a lot of players were like, I don't have the amount of time to put into Golgari food to like pilot it as well as I would need to. I'm not ready to give myself carpal tunnel from clicking on all yes, the clicks. Just, yes. Yeah, I'm just not about triggers, that. All the triggers <laughs> on the stack. Click, 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 click. click. Yeah. Yeah. So if a lot, if more people had brought Golgari food, it would have turned out well for them because Is It Phoenix was the most played deck. Yeah. Easily in the historic portion of the tournament, but they didn't. So no. yeah. Is It Phoenix most popular deck and had a pretty fine showing as far as win rate is concerned. So mm-hmm. it looks like it's kind of remains as the top one or two deck of historic. Yeah. Uh, so what else was in the top eight? Yeah, hit me. All right. Jim Davis brought a Grixis mid-range deck in Alchemy. Yeah, this one was really cool because um, he was running Kaido Shizuki in it. Yeah. Which is like, we haven't seen much from our new planeswalking friend. No, but here, but here he, he is. Was. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, so Jim Davis went 12-0. and 0. Yeah, we should say that. Yes. And then... But then promptly lost, lost and then lost. lost again in the lower bracket. Yeah. So the, the top eight was alchemy only, by the way. No historic in the top eight. Uh, Jim Davis. Yeah. Nobody has ever gone 12 and two at one of these uh, arena set championships. In fact, nobody's ever gone 11 and 0. So he was the first person I to do that, both. Didn't Andre Strosky go like 12 and 0? I think he uh, might have gone 10 and 0 and then oh, lost. Okay. But it was fine. But yeah, confirmed yeah. that he was the first person to do either of those two things. Wow. Yeah. Um, it is also the curse of it because Andre Strasky was like yeah. a while back yeah. was the first person to like get a get the buy into the yes. top eight. And then also promptly like lost, lost. Lost, lost. Yeesh. The curse of the undefeated player. Yeah. Um Davis was playing Azorius Auras in Historic, Maria. Uh, yes. So this one, 
you you all know, you know me, your boggles connoisseur, loves Azorius Auras. I actually thought Orzov Auras was going to be more popular this tournament because uh-huh. of Kaya's ghost form and sacrifice decks. Yeah. Um, but it turned out Azorius Auras actually performed better than uh, Orzov Auras. And oh. Jim Davis's performed really well, obviously, running cards like Storm Chaser Drake. Nice. Which is a little flyer that when you put Auras on him, he draw you card. Yeah. So it reminds, reminds me a little bit of SRAM. Um, but chose that card instead of Light Paws, the new yeah. card from Neon Dynasty. Which we did see Light Paws light go paws. off in a match. Light Paws. Which was great. <laughs> the lightest paws. Yeah. But he said he liked Drake better, so that was interesting to me. Um, next up was Jean-Emmanuel Duprat was, of course, in the top eight. Because when he not. Yep. Uh, anyways, he his team brought oh this very cool Jeskai Hinata <laughs> deck. And of course, what? Um, like a fan favorite Chris Patello. Yes. Also on this deck. And he was like, Chris Patello was like, I spent so much time working on the sideboard for the mirror because I thought everyone would realize this was clearly so the best deck in Alchemy. <laughs> it's a really cool deck. It's a really cool deck. Um, mostly you're using Hinata Dawn Crowned, which is the one blue, red, white, 4-4 flying trample nice. uh, from Neon Dynasty that says spells you cast cost one less to cast for each target, which means that you can go ahead and target as many things as possible with magma opus uh so there's like four da- you can deal do it four targets yep. for the four damage uh and then two lands uh, or like target two other things to tap and then also i think you target to draw cards oh uh, no you just draw two cards but that's still six you yep. can cast this for, for two two mana with yep. Hinata out that's pretty sweet casting an eight drop for two dollars two Two mana. Seems good. Yeah, pretty great. It's not a card. It's not like you win the game, but that's pretty yeah. backbreaking. Uh, really, really, really cool. <laughs> really cool deck. Uh, and obviously did very well with it. Yes, 100%. I'm so happy to see him in the top eight. Yeah. Um, he brought one of my favorite historic oh, decks. Oh, yeah, this one's great. Which is Azorius Affinity. Hello. You read, you read that right. Heard that right. Read my words out loud to you, you right? You read my mouth words. Yes. Correctly. Right. Azorius Affinity. I thought this was a modern deck. Not here not here um it has cards like esper sentinel which is single white for an artifact creature it has ornithopters ornithopthops i know um nettle cyst soul guide lantern moon snare prototype just like right tons of artifacts tons of little bitty artifacts that you can play out really really quickly and if you've got a lot of them well nettle cyst is enormous yeah um and then you also have a card like uh cards like Ingenious Smith, mm-hmm. this is one in a white for a 1-1. One, one. When it enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal an artifact card from among them and put it into your hand. Sick. Whenever one or more artifacts enter the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on Ingenious Smith. This is another D&D like, card, right? Yeah. This card... Having its day like, this weekend. It got huge, right? Yeah. This uh, Karn Scion of Urza, which Karn! makes you uh, some little constructs. And then my favorite, Metallic Rebuke. Gross. Beautiful. Beautiful. Like this card, like this deck was just so surprising and so cool. Yeah. And JED bringing both of these kind of surprising cool decks is just like, that's JED's way. He didn't even test with anybody. Mm -hmm. He just came up with this himself and did extremely well with both of them, obviously, to end up in the top eight. Azorius Affinity, what a cool deck if you want something really unique to play in Historic. Uh, Next up was Zach Dunn. 
who was one of the players on this Mardu mid-range deck. Yeah, so Mardu mid-range is, of course, playing the classic mid-range game, grinding you out slowly, using planeswalkers to accrue advantage, and then just, like, stomping your face once they've turned the corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maria, this brings us to a card that we haven't talked about yet, but was the mm. card of the weekend, I oh, would yeah. argue. For sure. The Wandering Emperor. Yeah, I love this, this card. This card is excellent it showed up in so many decks but not yes. only so many so many different kinds of yes. decks the mono white aggro decks play this yep these mid-range decks play this yep. control decks play this yep. it is versatile let me ask you this question okay is this the best planeswalker design we've ever seen wow let's remind people what wandering emperor does first okay two white white uh, for a three loyalty walker, Flash, mm-hmm. as long as the Wandering Emperor entered the battlefield this turn, you may activate her loyalty abilities as uh, any time that you could cast an instant. Sick. So you can flash it in and then use it immediately. That's yeah, really good. Uh, plus one, put a plus one, plus one counter on up to one target creature. It gains first strike until end of turn. Oh, hello. I'm an aggressive deck. This yeah. is what I want. Great. Minus one, create a 2-2 white samurai creature token with vigilance. Oh, I'm any deck. I want that. (laughs) I want that. Minus two, exile target tapped creature. You gain two life. Oh, also any deck. Amazing. This card, I'm so good. So good. What is there not to like? Nothing. Great. Great card. I mean, I think this is the, and also, it doesn't feel oppressive. No. It's powerful, but not OP. Yeah, so it's like, oh, you could talk about other cards. You're like, well, this is a better Planeswalker. Okay, sure. But it might be one that people are like, I can't beat it once it hits the table. Too good. Too good. This, I feel like, has somehow landed in the perfect spot. It's it's really excellent. It is the perfect piece of strawberry rhubarb pie. (laughs) Today on Pie Day. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Anyways, in in tons of decks, in this Mardu mid-range deck, um, one... A card that we saw a ton in these mid-range matches, Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Oh, yeah. That's another good one to bring up for sure. Yeah. Two and a red. This is a saga. Uh, create a 2-2 two, two Goblin Shaman creature token with whenever this creature attacks, create a treasure token. Yep. Two, you may discard up to two cards if you do draw that many cards. Okay. Great. Um, and then its backside is... Uh, Kiki-jiki. Yeah. It's essentially just Kiki-jiki. <laughs> um, it... Doesn't have haste. Thank goodness. It's one saving grace. It's a two, two where you can pay one and tap it to create a copy of another creature. The copy has haste. It exiles at the end of, uh, at the beginning of the next end step. Yep. Just like this card was very good and we saw a ton of it. Super good. Super good. I don't think we've seen the end of this card by any stretch of the imagination. And it's certainly one to always keep in the back of your brain skulls because in historic, you know they're going to print something eventually where this card's going to be a combo with it. Yes. And they're going to have to ban it. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Rebalance it. They don't have to ban it. Um, Anyways. Yeah. I think that they'll only, they'll rebalance it by making it cost one more mana. Yeah. Something like that. There's my future prediction. (laughs) So that's Zach Dunn. He came in second in the tournament. Yeah. Running Rakdos Arcanist in Historic. We've talked about this deck before. Yeah. Very, very fun deck. Love it. Fun deck. Uh, Next up was Johnny Gutman. Um, Canadian. And wearing the most Canadian assemble ensemble possible, by oh. the way. Did you notice this? No, it was a full mountain. <laughs> he was wearing... He was riding a horse yeah. while playing Magic Online. <laughs> riding a moose. Yes. Uh, he was wearing a hockey jersey for his <laughs> interview, I want to say. And then when he was playing his first matches, he was wearing a, fl- a red and black fla- flannel shirt. Oh, man. And I'm like, is he doing this Great. on purpose? Great. Or that's just... Those are just the clothes uh, that he owns. Canadians just Canadians. wear that. <laughs> 
Uh, so he was on this mono white aggro list. Yes, the most popular one in uh, alchemy. Yeah, uh, most popular because there was a huge testing team. Oh yeah, um, that was like kind of headed up by Andrea Mangucci and Eli Loveman. <laughs> what was it called? The Mangucci School for Gifted Magicians? Yeah, I think that they were just like, yeah, Eli and uh, Andrea's uh, School for Gifted Magicians. Great. Um, huge team, and they ended up on this mono white list. So they're one of the reasons the mono white list is so much better than the Naya runes deck, which of course you might know the Naya runes deck to be extremely explosive. Once you get a creature out, you just keep putting runes on it like a boggle, and then you attack for a billion damage. Is its running main deck four copies of Archon of Emeria? Just exceptionally rude. This is a 2-3 flyer that yeah. only lets you cast one spell a turn. Yep. And do you know what? Runes, it turns out if they can't cast multiple spells a <laughs> Their turn. Their deck sucks. Is bad. Is bad. <laughs> Which ended up with, it had a 33% win rate in this tournament. Oh, runes boy, did. That's so bad. Yeepers. It's real bad. And do you know what? You and I thought that the top eight would be all runes. I know. Thank God. Wow, we were wrong. We were so wrong. Hey, I mean. But you know what? Happy to be wrong. We were not the only people to be wrong. Yeah. Everybody who brought runes was wrong. <laughs> okay, yeah. We weren't as wrong as the people who brought runes. But also, we were right because. Because I remember us saying, how is this the best deck? It seems like you should be able to metagame against this deck. Yep. Do you remember that? It turns out that you can. Turns out you can. Um, it was so bad in this format that despite being the second most popular deck, not a single person on runes made the top eight. Nope. Zero. Because that's how bad the deck was. It was so bad. Everybody metagamed against it, whether they were playing Mono White Aggro, whether they're playing Orza Adventure, whether they're playing Azorius Control. Didn't matter. Mm. All of these decks were there to kill runes and they kill were there runes to they get did. you good. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Gutman was on, was on the Golgari. Oh, okay. List. Sure. So he, so. he, he called it right there. Yep. Great deck. Uh, next up, Udai Miano. Oh my gosh. Esper clerics in alchemy. Yes. Yes. Udai. I love this choice. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a great choice against the mid range matchups. No. Um, which is why he didn't quite make it to the finals. Um, although he did earn that world seat. So remember when we were talking about this deck last week and we're like, is this deck better than runes? But here's, yeah. I mean, not, I don't think really, no, but somehow he made it through all yeah. of the runes. Maybe he dodged them. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he got through on the strength of this Rakdos sacrifice that he was playing in historic. Great. Um, but yeah, Esper Clerics. Still, still alive, everybody. Still there. Still kicking. <laughs> still clericking around. Yeah. And this was his first premier tournament. Yeah. He has never played a tabletop uh, sanctioned tournament wow. in his magical life. Wild. Yeah. And then he just shows up in top eights. He's probably like, everyone thinks magic is hard. <laughs> Weird. Brent Voss was also on the Orza Adventure deck. Yeah. Great. Great deck. And also on Is It Phoenix in Historic. Yeah. So. Also just fine. <laughs> just classically yep. fine. Ji Min was running Mardu midrange in yeah, historic. So same these players on as the Zach Dunn. Yeah. Um, and I want to say they were on a team. Yes. Right. With of Zach essentially Dunn. Zoomers. Zoomers. <laughs> a Zoomer team. Good. To, you know, and they got two people into the top eight yeah, with, they this, did. with this Mardu list <laughs> and they both did well. Yeah. Uh, so this Mardu list, I think is very good as well. So, yeah. I mean, it approved to be two with the, uh, with the win rates. Second, second best win rate. Yeah. Uh, so Maria, those are the decks that made the top eight. Yes. But there were, of course, uh, some other spicier decks running around. Yes. Uh, the thing that was so glorious about this tournament was that there we were debuting this new alchemy format, right? Yeah. And because we don't have 
quote, what is the best deck settled coming into this tournament? That meant that it was kind of like the Wild West. Oh, I loved it. It was so much more fun. It was so much more fun. It's so much more fun when it's like. But I don't know what the best is. Fresher. Yeah. It was it was just like such a great tournament. If you miss any of it, I highly suggest you go back and watch it because the games are really fun and interesting. And there were so many different decks across the weekend. Mm -hmm. One of the most different decks was in the hands of Hall of Famer Shota Yasuoka. Oh, and Shota almost made the top eight. Oh, I know. I was was so so sad he did I know. I know. Um, Because then we could have watched this deck all day. (laughs) Is it Mill? Is it Mill? Uh, Which is... (laughs) Thank you. You have to cackle like that when you mill somebody. That's just what you have to do. Which is, to be fair, mostly like an is it control deck. Yes, it is. um, That uses mill as its win con. Beautiful. Uh, It's amazing. Like he's like, will I win with damage? No, that's so gauche. Yeah. I'm going to mill you out. No. I'm not even going to touch you with damage. That's how (laughs) controlling my deck is. So I hear... The, he has this, the key card of the deck in Invoke Calamity. Uh, this is, of course, one of the new, like, newest cards from Neon Dynasty. Yep. One red, 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 red instant. Wow. You may cast up to two instant and or sorcery spells with total mana value six or less from your graveyard and or hand without paying their mana costs. Nice. If those spells would be put into your graveyard, exile them instead. Exile Invoke Calamity. Very good deck uh, card for this deck. Great. I love it. Because you're playing uh, the classic spells like Expressive Iteration like you'd play in any blue-red deck, but Galvanic uh, inve- well, uh, iteration iteration um, copies whatever you're doing so yeah. so you've got Tasha's hideous laughter which mills yeah. you so yeah you're milling people with Tasha's hideous laughter but then of course you've also got tons of removal you've got farewell even though you can't like cast it cast it you can invoke calamity it sick great I love that uh, burn down the house uh, expressive or no you already said that uh, thundering rebuke I was about to say expressive rebuke <laughs> anyway, uh, thundering rebuke that'll be a card someday yeah exactly unexpected windfall to find the cards that you need just and yeah a braid cathartic pile oh my god Cath- cathartic pile is, <laughs> is a very funny magic card yeah. name would be very funny. It's actually what I call most of the decks I play. Yeah, this is a oh, this is just a cathartic pile. I'm gonna feel something, but it's not good. I feel great when I play this trash garbage deck. <laughs> oh Anyways. my god! Yeah, Can, great. Ha, have you ever copied uh, Tasha's hideous laughter with galvanic uh, iteration? No, but it it's seems spicy. So gross. I love it. <laughs> Yes, I've I've played a version of this deck. I don't know if it was in Alchemy or, or if it was in Historic or something, but I, I just remember feeling filthy. Yeah. I want to say that Shota was undefeated in Alchemy with this. <laughs> I think that he was. I think that he was. Wow. Amazing. Thank you, Magic Shota. Gods, for this gift. Thank you for Shota. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was also another really cool combo deck there, uh, which some players were on, called oh, yeah. Is It Calamity? Okay. Which, oh, this deck also has Invoke Calamity. Yeah. But you are doing something very different with Okay, it. what are you doing? Okay, so you've got Invoke Calamity, and then you have Body of Research, which is green, 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 blue, blue, blue. <laughs> All right. Sorcery, create a zero, zero, green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus one, plus one counters on it, where X is the number of cards in your library. So this is from Strixhaven. Yes. And so what you do is you invoke Calamity, make an enormous 
body of research fractal token. Yeah, it's like a 50, 50 or something. Uh, yeah. 40, well, like 40, 40, 40. And then you Kazool's furiate at your uh, opponent. <laughs> you fling it at their face. You fling it at their face. That's all you're doing. You're just... You're just trying to survive through the game with wow. lots of cards, right? Like fading hope um, and a braid to kind of like disrupt what your opponent is doing. Of course, expressive iteration, some burn down the house again to just like sweep stuff. Sure. Um, the Celestis. And then, yeah, you're trying to cast that into oh. calamity for body of research. <laughs> Playing it, you know, you can't even them. be mad if you die like that. Amazing, that's too cool. Beautiful, what a what a thing, you know, what a thing. Of all the decks that were in uh, Alchemy, which one would you be like? I want to play this one. Ooh, I want to play in Alchemy. Probably Shota's is it deck. Yeah, that seems that seems up your alley. It's it's perfect. What a <laughs> what a thing of beauty. What about you? Oh, the Orzov Venture deck. I mean, I've oh, already yeah, you already have. been done playing that deck. <laughs> I love it. It's so yeah. much fun because there's so many little decisions too about mm-hmm. which dungeons you go into, which rooms into the dungeon you venture into, yeah. when you venture, when you don't venture, whether you sacrifice a creature when you know by attacking when you shouldn't just because you want a venture trigger, etc. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, love it. Pretty pretty cool. So. Um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, what deck would you want to play in Historic? Um, I guess the, Zor- the uh, Zorius Auras deck would be the deck I would pick up personally. Yeah, that's classic you. Yeah. Which one are you doing? I think the Affinity deck. Oh, yeah. Like, the Affinity I want to play that really Affinity fun. deck. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll change my answer. I want to try like, it out I want to try sure. that. Yes, absolutely. Seems pretty sick. Because of what we talked about last week on the show with like, hey, what's the point of Elkby? <laughs> <laughs> what's the point okay yeah like so let's talk about it at? how do, how do you think people feel about it um do you think they feel any better i would say after they if they saw this tournament they would feel better yes i would agree that anyone watching should feel better about it yeah yes because it was it was a cool format and we were doing it lots of cool. stuff that we can't do in standard there were cool decks which is the point of alchemy cool things happen and i think with the release of all these supplemental sets the more and more we get hopefully the more and more different alchemy yeah. will become from standard until yes. the t- never the twain shall identify with each other you know <laughs> classic staying <laughs> And never the twain shall identify with each other. <laughs> yeah, you haven't heard that one? Yeah. Um, yeah, one of my favorite sayings, honestly. Because that was one of our problems with it. Was We were like, oh, this is too similar to standard. Yeah. Which is not where you want to be with your digital no. only fam- format that's supposed to have higher churn. And it's not now. No. I can't, yeah. Not after the tournament. It's, it's, it's very different. Yeah, there's some cool stuff happening. Yeah. I guess, yeah. The question now becomes, will people hate it into the ground before it can become something? I don't know. There is lots of hating it into the ground this weekend. Oh, yes. In chat, anyway. People are mad. People are mad about it. Yes. They don't know why it exists. They think it's too expensive, which they may be very well okay. right about that. I am. I do. I do sympathize with the fact that like some of the cards that they previewed for the upcoming Neon Dynasty Alchemy set. Yeah. They're like, why is this mythic? Like that feels... It's hard to get. That's exactly. It's like it's so expensive to craft. Yeah. Like why why make it so expensive to craft? This doesn't feel like a mythic. Some people say by having an alchemy draft environment, it would make things better. Oh, obviously. Yeah, that would be fascinating. But it's really interesting to me. I don't think they'll ever do it because it oh gosh, I don't know how you would do it. Mixing You'd have to make an alchemy cube. Yeah, you'd have to make an alchemy cube. 
I would be in for that. I mean, would yes. that make you more into alchemy? Do you think that would make people more into alchemy? We usually ask you to answer dumb questions <laughs> by tweeting at us. Serious question for you to answer, yeah. though, by tweeting at us. What would what would make you play alchemy? Yeah. And would something like an alchemy cube make you more interested in the format? For sure. I think they're probably just worried about splitting the draft player base oh, like yeah. that, which is a, a valid concern, I think. Yeah. Um, but... Because you do already have it split three ways, traditional, yeah. premier, and quick. So the only way to get packs yeah. is to buy them or to craft the cards yeah, or to win them if they have special events or whatever. Hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I, they should ha- just have more events where you could win alchemy boosters. Yeah, that's a good point because I think it's really fun and different. And um, last week I was a little sour on it. Sorry. But now I feel a lot better after watching this it's tournament. It's true. It's like I did I a little 180. I do also feel better about it. Um, and I will say like the... The honest truth is that, like, I am more interested in playing it than I am interested in playing Historic right now. Yeah. Like, and I've I've generally liked Historic, but it just feels, there's something about Alchemy that is fun because it is always pretty fresh. Yes. And if they continue to push the mechanics that are Alchemy digital-only mechanics, I think that is a good plan. Yeah. They want, I want Which them to they be certainly have with forefront. These, yes. With these new cards. Absolutely. That we've seen. If you if you're gonna experiment in in a space, I want you to go for it, right? Yes, experiment and in especially that space. since you have the safety net of rebalancing, yeah. so you can really make alchemy look hecka different. Yeah, <laughs> you like that from hecka different from a uh, standard if you approach it in that manner. So let's talk about some of the new cards that are coming out with Neon Dynasty Alchemy. Yeah. Coming out um, this Thursday, P.S. Yeah. So I think definitely some of the ones that really caught people's eye uh, were Forceful Cultivator. Oh, yeah. This is two green green for a 2-3 creature snake shaman. This spell costs two less to cast if there are no land cards in your hand. I love it. When Forceful Cultivator enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic land card, put that card into the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. Great. I love it, right? It really helps you. It helps you not get like mana screwed. Keep that two lander. Keep that two lander with your force, forceful cultivator. Yeah. That's like pretty cool stuff. And that is like a space where they're pushing that digital only mechanic. I love to see them pushing that mechanic and finding a way to deal with mana flutter screw through new mechanics. Yes. Which this card does. Um, This is one where like it is a mythic and people are kind of like, why? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it mythic? It doesn't seem like a mythic, honestly. No. I would... I would put it at a rare. Sure. I would buy that. Yeah. I mean, like the discount is pretty good. But like mythics are normally like giant game winning cards. Yes. That is not what this and is. And this is just efficient. It's just. A, it's good. Yeah. It's like, it's snappy. It goes in every green deck. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a snappy little snake. <laughs> I'm a snappy snake shaman. Uh, so a uh, card similar to it. Also at mythic. Also debatable at that cost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two white, white moth rider cavalry. For a 2-2 human samurai, flying, other creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and this spell costs two less to cast if you have no other creature cards in hand or if the only other creature cards in your hand are named Moth Rider Cavalry. Great. Yeah. I love it. It's it's really good 2-2 flyer for two mana question mark, and it's a lord for your creatures, yeah. which would work good in a token creation deck where your creatures come by way of instants or sorceries. Yeah. Like raise the alarm. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Make a bunch of tokens and then this, this buddy. Yeah, and then... Flying. We already saw some wedding announcement. Oh, uh, yeah, in for Alchemy sure. This, weekend. That, this goes that right up wedding a announcement. Moment, moment. Wedding moth. I would call it the moth's wedding. 
<laughs> if this yeah, plus the that. Wedding. Oh, that'd be so cute. Can you yeah. imagine going to a moth's wedding? Oh my god. Do you think it would be very well lit? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you one thing. The party would be lit. <laughs> oh, it'd be so cute. I don't know why. I'm just imagining a moth wearing a little top hat and, I, and it's killing me. <laughs> what is the cutest animal wedding you can imagine? Because that mouth one I'm imagining is pretty That's darn pretty cute. cute. Wow. Um, I mean, look, you're not like, I think that a raccoon wedding would be the most charming thing of all time. <laughs> Also kind of scary, but like that's where you want it, right? You're like, what's for what's on the dinner menu? Oh god. <laughs> Rotten banana. Just anything. Anything. <laughs> if you're a raccoon and you listen to the show, please invite us to your wedding. <laughs> We'd love to come. We would really love to come. We're not eating the dinner. <laughs> uh another one that they previewed kami of mourning two in a black for a three two creature spirit whenever it enters the battlefield target creature you control or creature card in your graveyard perpetually gains whenever a creature you control with greater mana value than this card dies return this card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped so a lot of text is like a weird uh sacrifice deck card yeah but like pretty cool right the art is i like it great it's very spooky yeah, I, I love stuff. all of this Kami arts. Yeah. Because they always look just a little weird. Like they're not supposed to be in this universe because they're not really. No, they're a separate universe. We're combining universes. <laughs> Have you seen the new uh, ogre they printed? This card, Bellow Breath Ogre, two and a red for a 3-3 three, three ogre shaman. This is a rare. Starting, uh, starting, starting in- intensity. One. One. Okay, what the heck does that mean? Whenever Bellow Breath Ogre attacks, it deals damage equal to its intensity to any target, then perpetually increases its intensity by one. Wow. That's very cool. That's so strange. Yeah, weird. I was like, oh, is that its power? No. No, it's its intensity. Intensity. Which is kind of neat because yeah. it's like, oh, this pings you when it attacks. Cards have done that before. Yeah. Now this pings you two when it attacks. Now three. Yeah. Pretty sick. Gross. Yeah. I, I think that card looks cool. Yeah. Um, these previews are continuing today, too. Yeah. Uh, ooh, what about Cyba Siphoner? Two blue blue for a 2-2 two, two flash. The spell... It's in the cycle of it costs two less to cast. Uh, if there are no instant or sorcery cards in your hand, when it enters the battlefield, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. If it would die, shuffle it into your <gasps> library instead. Snapcaster mage. Wow. Hello. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Old All right. Snappy's coming around. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Kind of. It just goes back into your hand. You don't yeah. get to cast it. You don't get but to cast still. It. Pretty nice. Wow. That's a cool card, too. Mm-hmm. So we're getting kind of a new infusion of a new quote unquote format coming on Thursday, which is yeah. really fun because like here we are, you know, Neon Dynasty has been out not even that long, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like on the downward swing as to innovation and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. at that moment, boom, they're like, here comes more alchemy, more cards unless people hate it into the ground. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean, we'll see. We'll see. I do feel like this tournament did a lot to kind of help people mend their relationship with alchemy. Yeah, I agree. It did look like a really cool format. Um, it just kind of remains to be seen. Like what direction, what will happen there? What direction will this go? Yeah. And I'm also curious how often the rebalances are kind of going to happen. Yeah. Also curious because we've had, you know, a couple rebalances now. Yeah. Two. two? 
I think. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's like, well, okay, how often can I expect them to ha- to come? Yeah. Um, what's going to happen when they do make the rebalances? Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people are worried about that kind of thing, too, because they're like, if I choose to invent- invest in an alchemy deck, which is more expensive, quote unquote, than a standard deck, and then they rebalance things and my deck becomes worse, is yeah, that like, worth I'm it? I'm just out the cards. Yeah. So or out the wild cards. It's a little tough. It is. Absolutely. I think um, what if they were like, hey, you get a wild card if we rebalance. Yeah. If you, yeah, if we rebalance something, you get wild cards. Yeah. I'd be in for it. Um, if we rebalance it down, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you have like a mythic that gets rebalanced down, if you invest in your snake cultivators. Yeah. yeah. That I think they should do. And yeah. I, I would, you know, bet high amounts of money that they're thinking about that at Wizards yeah. and trying to figure out at a way least, to do yeah, that. Contemplating it. Because, yeah, I think a lot of people, that would help them a lot feel better about Alchemy. Especially since the only way that you were getting those is mostly by wild cards or by yes. packs. Yeah, exactly. I don't <laughs> buy any Alchemy packs. No! I've never bought a pack of Magic in my life on Arena. Me neither. Honestly. Uh, maybe so. once or twice when it's been a daily deal. Sure, a daily deal. Yeah, but, but I mean like... That's not the same. Not the same. <laughs> Hey, Megan, is the luck of the Irish with you? Oh, what is this? This is a package from Ultra from Pro. Ultra Pro, our with, sponsor. Wow. Check it out, everybody. Their color of the month, which is this vibrant green. Ooh. I love it. And they always package it with confetti of the same color. This is I my favorite it. color, everybody. Oh, Maria, this is this is all for you. Then. Oh, I love it Look so at much. These gorgeous <gasps> dice. They have Eclipse dice in this. That you can put. Uh, yeah, there's your metal dice. Metal dice here. Um, here's your pro gloss sleeves. Here's your matte sleeves. Great. All, both of them eclipse, so you can't see through. Here's my pro tour satin deck box. Pro yes. tour <laughs> ultra pro satin tower deck box. Uh, yeah. And in the bottom, you can put your dice. Yes. And put all your gorgeous sleeves in it. Look at your mini binder, so you don't have to carry a big binder. Wow. I love that. Everything's color yeah. coordinated. Uh, Big fluffy dice to put your dice in. Put dice inside another put dice. dice inside another dice. This is, uh, yeah, we love Ultra Pro's color of the month situation. Yeah, this is so cool. I love this um, mini binder. I've talked about it before. Like, yeah. don't take a giant size binder with you to the LGS. No. It's like too much to carry. This this little guy? Perfect little size. Guy. Perfect size. Um, yeah, we we really love having Ultra Pro as a sponsor. Yeah. They're just, they're so much fun. Um, they let us make fun content for yeah. you. Uh, they help us make this show for you. Yeah. And they just make great products for you to use in all of your magic everyday life. Look at these Eclipse dice. I just want to say they're beautiful. They're like neon green. They're kind of uh, a translucent. Yeah. Um, and this is what I think of when I'm like, what am, present am I getting somebody? Like Gorgeous. this is a beautiful present to give the gamer in your life. Perfect. Everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Wow. We did it. I hope you had a fun t- time listening to us jabber on about alchemy. Yes. I think it's a cool format. If you haven't given it a chance, yeah. I highly suggest you try. It's a f- really fun thing to play on Arena if you're an Arena player. Exactly. Like, give it a shot. It is, like I said, I just, I like the format. There's a lot of deck diversity. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of choice for what you can play. Those And those are, like, to me, two really big benefits, which are why I've been playing it. Yeah, exactly. Even though I get all of the critique, and I agree that, like, there are times when I don't craft cards for a deck. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Absolutely not. I just play this, but I also just play a slightly worse version. It's fine. And still have a really good time. Yeah. 
If, by the way, you're into multiplayer magic, we have a cool new video you should check out over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash goodluckhighfive, mm -hmm. which is Oathbreaker. Oh, it's so much fun. We have Judge Rob um, and longtime friend of the show, Sam Islandfelt, who we haven't seen in forever. Yeah, pirate boy Sam Islandfelt. Um, and we just have like a really fun time playing with these uh, pre-constructed Oathbreaker decks from Magic Kids. Yeah, if you've never heard of Oathbreaker, it's basically like Commander, except the decks are 60 cards. Yeah. And your commander is a planeswalker, plus you have a signature spell to go with your planeswalker. It's a lot of fun. Um, it was really cool. It accomplished its goal of like being swifter yep. than a game of commander. Um, and it went at a very surprising conclusion. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, so go check it out and hear more about Magic Kids in that video. Yeah, they're a fantastic organization. If you're looking to get rid of some of your magic cards, if you're like, I have all this bulk and I want it to go to a good cause. They've got you yeah. covered. You can donate a uh, hundred bucks. And if you do, they'll send you four Oathbreaker pre-con decks. Yes. And you can so, have like, a great time playing it. It's, I think that's a good deal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, check out our video. It was, it was just a really fun time. We don't do a lot of multiplayer on our channel. So I want to nope. let you know because we had a blast. Hop on over there. <laughs> well, everybody we will be back next week and we'll be talking about Streets of New Capenna. Wow. Because we've seen some preview art from it now oh, um, over on the so Magic good. website and it looks gorgeous yep uh so yeah i'm really looking forward to talking about it i'm really looking forward to wearing my pinstripe suit oh you better now or else <laughs> do you want to dress deco next week oh my god do i ever all right all right we'll do it we'll dress deco <laughs> i'm gonna have to figure out what i'm doing but uh you have, don't you have a pretty you have pinstripe stuff don't you i don't know do I, I? I maybe i just feel like you do <laughs> maybe yeah it just seems I right i feel like a pinstripe person <laughs>